everybody it's finally episode 39 of the baby mamas and we're really baby mamas <laughs> <laughs> yeah sorry it took us so long it's um it's a little different now <laughs> yeah and i think we're gonna book the recording studio after we get back from our big trip um just because it's easier so you'll have to deal with a little bit more uh, a few more episodes recorded like this and we might record one when we're in Australia with Matt and Renee. It'll I hope fun. we report a, record a couple. Yeah. Um, okay, so... We want to start off, we never explained our name choice for our little package. Our little... What did you call it today? Our little pickle? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out a good nickname for her, so I'm just trying everything out. Called her Sauerkraut. She didn't like that. <laughs> uh, muffin Top, because it's the best part of the muffin. She wasn't a fan. I think she kind of liked that. Do you? <laughs> Interesting. Uh, anyway, so her name is Sterling Lorelei, and we chose Sterling, and it's Sterling spelled like the city in Scotland, because... That's what she's named after. Yeah. I always, I really like names that, like, honor people, or are, like, have, like, family lineage. I think that that's really cool way of connection Mm -hmm. but like my family names I don't really like any of them (laughs) except my brother's name Kingsley that's like a really cool name to me but she's a girl Mm -hmm. and I really feel like that's a boy's name that's so gendered of you I think a girl could be Kingsley I guess but I don't know yeah and my dad's name is Patrick and my mom's name is like Patricia like her proper name we could have called her Pat and then she would have been acknowledging both parents look at the the look on Angie's face (laughs) Uh, no no thank you uh yeah so sterling is where my mom was born in scotland and where most of her family like all of your scottish relatives and ancestors were born really yeah on like both sides on my dad's side and my mom's side and it's just a an important city in terms of scottish history like everything happened there and you've been there yeah and i've been there a few times and so it just sort of stuck. We first were thinking of it as a middle name, and we were, like, having trouble finding a good first name that went along with it. And finally, one of our friends was like, if you like Sterling, why don't you make that her first name? And we were like, oh, duh. It was like a total, like, facepalm, like, <laughs> obviously. Why wouldn't, why didn't we think of that ourselves? And then, because we, before that, we were really, like, hoping to use, like, an Irish name, but it just was, it's too complicated. We didn't want her to have to explain her name her whole life. Yeah, Jackie and I both really liked Sersha. I think we talked about it on the show before. Yeah. But every time we talked about it with someone, they were like, that's so confusing, the spelling. Yeah. There so, was three different ways that you pronounce it in Ireland alone, so it was just sort of like, why are we setting mind. her up? It took a bit to kind of adapt to Sterling, because we hadn't really been thinking of that as her first name, but once we kind of settled into that it was like yeah okay this feels really right and we have not not heard one person say anything negative about it everyone's like oh that's such a like people will go out of the way to tell me that it's a beautiful name 
So yeah, we've gotten tons of compliments, and at our like midwifery clinic, people are like, "Oh, this is Sterling!" Like they've heard about her and know her name and stuff. So that's pretty cool. Well, they've probably just seen her name on the board, like we saw. Yeah, they have the a others. they have a board that says the baby's born this month and has all the names of all the babies born at the clinic. But a lot of people think she's a boy based on her name, which I think is really weird because it's like. It's a place. There's no gender <laughs> assigned to it whatsoever. But people well, there just... is a boy's name that's Sterling, oh, but it's yeah. S T E R. Yeah, that's the only thing she'll have to explain is that no, no, no. It's I like the city in Scotland, not E like the kind of silver. <laughs> no kind of silver is I. Is it? Yeah. Oh. Alrighty then. Isn't it? I thought it wasn't. I'm pretty sure it is. I don't think so. Uh, no, I think it's an E. I don't know. I think it's an I. Anyway, <laughs> and then Lorelai. Yes, Lorelai. <laughs> Lorelai we always wanted to use for a girl, but it just feels too girly for a first name. It's like very flowery, but we love the name because we're huge Gilmore Girls fans and we're such nerds that we're like, we're going to name our daughter after our favorite show. And that's part of the reason also why we didn't want to use it as a first name. It felt a little bit too too nerdy. We're, we're not that big of a fangirl that we'd be like, our daughter's name is, is Lorelai so that we can call her Rory. Yeah. But that is kind of why we used it. But at least it's a middle name, so it's kind of hidden. Yeah. And it sounds really pretty, and I like, I kind of like the story behind it. Mm-hmm. If you Google it, I think it's an old German name. And uh, she was like this mermaid who would sit on the rocks and lure sailors out to her who then would fall off this giant rock face and die. So she's just like killing men all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can spin that into her being a feminist. Sure. Yeah. So life with her has been pretty awesome and hard. It's like nothing's been more rewarding, more full of joy, and more challenging all at the same time. It's um, like I would never, ever trade it for the world. Like I love her so much. It's crazy. She's so cute. Oh, God. And it's funny because I totally thought I'd be like, you know, like you expect like, oh God, diaper changes and laundry and all that stuff will be like a pain in the ass. I don't care. It doesn't bother me at all. I just am so happy to have her in our life and be her mom. She's just such a sweet little snuggly little bum. She's sleeping on me right now. Yeah, she's doing, she has a big morning nap after waking up and getting her diaper changed and all the rest of it. And being super cute for a while. She's like so smiley in the morning and like she's starting to get like a bit, I don't know. a bit more interactive yeah she like responds to our faces and she smiles at us and she like looks for us in the room and she's like kicking her legs a bunch and trying to find her hands and her feet and it's just so fun it's so awesome yeah and after she was born she was doing so well with everything like she was gaining weight super awesome breastfeeding sucks by the way holy shit we talk about that for a minute? We can talk about that for more than a minute, if you like. <laughs> I don't have a lot to add there because I'm not doing it, but... That's something yeah. that nobody talks about. Everyone talks about the birth and how hard labor is, and it's like, okay, you expect that because that's just like a cultural knowledge. But then breastfeeding is fucking painful. And breastfeeding goes on for months and weeks and months and years sometimes. So the fact that everyone focuses on the birth, which is like, you know, at the most, like, at the most, it's like several days. Yeah. Versus this thing that you have to deal with every several, like every few hours for months of your life is like so weird that it's not a bigger topic of discussion. Yeah. So it's not that the baby just like 
hops on your boob and sucks and everything's fine and wonderful. Mm-hmm. Your nipples go through like a slow, painful death <laughs> and then come out the other side. It's like a phoenix of your nipples, a rising of the phoenix, kind of. <laughs> That's what it felt like. It seriously, honestly felt from the time she was born until quite recently, tiny, tiny little needles being pushed very slowly through my nipples. We should say that the baby is seven weeks old today. Yeah, and I, I think I had one partially inverted nipple, so that one was the one that like really got the most painful because I think it needed to like just basically become a new nipple. <laughs> it needed to like reshape itself, and it had this huge, deep crack on one side and on the other side, and it was like bleeding. And for a while, she would latch, and it would send this like blinding pain right through my body, and I would just cry or like silent scream and try everything. It would take everything in my power not to just pull her back off. Mm-hmm. So that was like the struggle initially. And then things got easier, I guess. And now she's dropped off a huge amount in her daily like weight gain. So they're concerned about it and we are as well. So we're trying to like feed her more because she doesn't feed for long enough. She only has these like short little five minute feeds and she should be feeding for like 10 minutes on each side. So... We're trying really hard to encourage her to eat more. Yeah, she's not making things very easy at the moment. She's sort of just... Fussing. Yeah. She's still like a really good baby, though. Try and make a baby eat, though. Just try it. It's so impossible. Yeah. But if you're having trouble with breastfeeding... Like, every single person we've talked to is like, yeah, breastfeeding is terrible at the beginning. Mm. And then eventually your nipples just sort of like die and then are reborn and it's okay. And the only person I I think that we've talked to that said that breastfeeding wasn't a problem for them is somebody who has a colicky baby who literally screams every waking moment. Yeah. So I guess there's a trade-off there. Yeah, totally. I can't um, imagine that, by the way. Like, we are so lucky because she's not a fussy baby at all. No. She's very happy. She doesn't really cry a lot. Like, when she does, like, something's really, really wrong. It's weird. Yeah, or she's definitely telling us, like, pick me the fuck up. I don't want to be sitting down right now. Yeah, the, like, and a lot of babies just, like, cry when they wake up. That's, like, normal. She generally just wakes up <laughs> and then is like, eh, 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 because she wants some food. <laughs> like, she's, yeah. a, she's a very chill little, little smunchkin. And we're doing co-sleeping, which freaked me out at first. Mm. We planned on having her in, like, one of those side side bassinets or whatever or sidecar thing yeah yeah but it just became apparent like right after she was born oh she does not want to leave us yeah she doesn't want to be by herself not on someone because she was just inside of someone for nine months it's like when you think about it that way that she was inside of you for nine months and then all of a sudden you want to just like put her somewhere else put her in a dark room by herself where she has no like breathing sounds no heartbeat no no nothing to keep her company. I think it's, I mean, it's different for everyone. I know people who have, were just incapable of sleeping with their baby. But for us, it's really become very obvious that it's, it's what we need to do for our family. Yeah, and it makes feeding easy and everything. And, oh, and it's so nice to and wake is, up and just look over and there's my baby sleeping on my wife. It's so wonderful. Yeah, it is scary though. Like the first few nights I did it, we did it, I was like... I hope that she doesn't die. I think I reassured you about why it was safe about a dozen times in the first week. Yeah. Every day you'd be like, why is this okay? Why (laughs) is it safe for her to sleep on me? Yeah. 
And now it's like, it's just what we do. It's much easier. Now I've gotten to the point, or she's gotten to the point when I can put her down between us on the bed by herself, which is nice because I can sleep on my side. Oh, Yeah, Ange was never a, st- a back sleeper, and she's had to be completely like immobile and like sleep on her back with like a nest of pillows around her. And- yeah, but she won't start out by herself. She needs to be like on a body, mm-hmm. and then you kind of trick her, and she wakes up. She's like, what, I'm on the bed? And then she like somehow scooches so that she's like right up against me, which is really cute. It is cute. And this morning I woke up and you guys had the covers up and I was like, like made me nervous. So I like pulled the covers down and it woke you up and you're like, what did you just do? I was like, I just pulled the covers away from her face a bit. No, I I pulled them up and I like tucked them under her arm because she was, it was cold. Yeah. They weren't like that when I woke up. Our baby seeks out the CO2 pockets. She does. She tries to kill herself every day. Yeah, I think she's definitely chronically suicidal. I think we can diagnose her with that at this point. <laughs> but she literally just wants her face, like, in the, like, tiniest little pit of, like, your arm and where it meets your body and is just, like... I'm happy here rebreathing my own air. Mm-hmm. It's fine. It's okay if I'm breathing mostly CO2. No big deal. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, my recovery has been... It's still going on. I can definitely still feel that, like, my pelvis is, like, moving back into place. But my my vagina is healed. Mm-hmm. I had Jackie check it out. She says everything's okay. Yeah, it looks a little different. <laughs> but it's mostly not, like, different, like, oh, God. Like, it just looks a little bit different than it used to. Um, which is not surprising given what happened to it. Yeah. Or what it did. And I'm not looking at it just because I didn't look at it when it was blown out (laughs) so I don't know what to compare it to yeah so I just want I'm having Jackie look at it so that she can say like yeah this looks normal yeah me and me and your vagina have gotten real close eye to eye and my perineum and your perineum yeah Yeah. and you'll be happy to know everyone that I now have hemorrhoids (laughs) which I never had before why would anyone be happy to know that (laughs) sarcasm yo (laughs) fucking sucks (laughs) oh my god she actually said, like, oh, I thought I got out of this pregnancy. I did, because I was, I was talking to my friend, and she got hemorrhoids when she was pregnant. And I actually said, I was like, oh, I never, I didn't get any, or I haven't any. And it was, like, right at the end of my pregnancy. I haven't gotten any yet with this pregnancy. And she's like, oh, you're so lucky. And then it was, like, after the birth. So babies dream constantly. And sometimes when she's dreaming, she's, like, wiggling around and twitching and then opens her eyes with her eyeballs, like, t- <laughs> looking all the way up so you just see the whites of her eyes and it looks fucking creepy yeah so stop doing it okay (laughs) yeah so that's been the first seven weeks ish we've just been hanging out feeding her going to appointments we have lots of visitors yeah we've had lots of visitors and we actually have our our midwifery clinic has like a postnatal or postpartum i guess drop in every Friday and it's awesome. It has been so good for us to like go talk to other new parents. We were like the youngest, or not the youngest parents, the baby, had the youngest baby for a little while. So like getting a lot of advice, having other people kind of tell you, oh yeah, that's normal. I went through that too. Oh my God, yes. Or like it just is such a nice supportive Mm -hmm. environment. And it's also a place where you can go and talk nonstop about your baby because your friends don't want to hear it. I mean, our friends are pretty good. <laughs> or they haven't said anything yet if Nobody's they're annoyed by us. Yet. I mean, all of our, all of your closest friends have kids. Yeah, I've been listening to them talk about their baby for years. So, so it's like our turn, bitches. <laughs> but, oh, shh, 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 shh. 
And there she goes for a CO2 pocket. <laughs> yep. She puts her arm over to make sure there's, like, not any extra... <laughs> no fresh air. Fresh air access. It's, it's kind of weird, because, like, you just don't really... It's hard to talk about anything else, because nothing else is really happening in your life. Yeah. You know, like, it's it really is all-consuming. And having that first month off with you guys was amazing. It mm-hmm. was so overwhelming to have to go back to work. It was so hard. It was a real challenge for me, honestly. Like, I didn't expect it to be as hard as it was, but the day I had to leave, like, actually physically walk out the door and know that I wasn't coming back for, like, 13 hours was, like, it felt like somebody was ripping my heart out. And the night before, I was holding her because I often put her to sleep at night and then I kind of just transfer her over to Angela's body because this kind of bugged me at first, but I, I do understand why it's the case now. But at first, I was like, why can't she sleep on me? It's not fair. I want her to sleep on me. But it's true that the mother who's breastfeeding does sleep differently. They don't sleep as as soundly. They don't get into as deep a sleep. So that's why it's safer for them to be the person that the baby sleeps on because they rouse more easily. So, Also, they say that you shouldn't have the baby sleep on someone who's overtired. And I feel like when you get home from work and stuff, you are really tired. Yeah. No, it's it's fine. It, But it's like that's sort of like why a lot of the time I put her to sleep at night, which is nice. So the night before my first shift, I was just sitting there in bed with her snuggled up on my chest like she normally does at night. And I just burst into tears and I could cry right now thinking about it. It sucks so hard. It was just like, I'm going to miss things and she's not going to know me as well, which is just now that I've done it, it's like ridiculous because yes, she still knows me. (laughs) I'm still home with her every day. Um, at some point throughout the day, and... You still are an important part of everything. Yeah. Like, you come home, and I'm like, take her. Yeah. So, it's been, I mean, it it was a hard transition, I think, and that's probably the case for everybody when the other parent goes back to work. I don't know how single mothers do it, honestly. I think you're all fucking heroes, because (laughs) it's so much work. Mm-hmm. And to not have anyone to trade off with would be so challenging. Like, yeah, I'm, like, infinitely Im- impressed by single moms and how they... I mean, I know you don't have a choice. You just have to do it. But, like, I think that would be so hard. Yeah. The nights when Jackie works and I'm by myself and I don't have anyone to trade off with has been it's been hard at some points. But we've managed. Yeah. And, and the co-sleeping thing, too. Like, I know a lot of people will have their partner sleep in another bed or somewhere else because either they get woken up or, you know, there's not enough space or, or whatever the case may be. And for us, thankfully, that's not been an issue because I sleep like the dead, apparently. So, Well, you <laughs> know become- what, I, what I do is if she's not on my chest, you're not going to, like, roll over me and her. That would be ridiculous. No, I mean more so about, like, she's never waking me up. No, I know. But I'm just saying, like, in terms of the safety of you not rolling on her... Like, she's on me, or when she's next to me, I curl up and I put my knees up and my arm. Yes, I often wake up with your knees <laughs> in my back. And what that does is, if you turn to roll over, I will stop the you before you hit though, the baby. The thing is, though, I never do that, because I always sleep facing away from the bed. I always yeah. sleep facing out. I can't sleep the other way, so... It's just a safety measure. I- I'm not saying it's a bad idea, but you could be a little less intense about it, because <laughs> it's not the most comfortable thing in the world to wake up with your knees in my back. But, yeah, no, it doesn't wake me up, so, like, I literally will... Like, last night, I think I fell asleep before midnight, and I woke up at nine-something. <laughs> it's like, how was the night? <laughs> like, I don't know. But it's also because she's in the bed with you that she's not crying. 
Mm-hmm. She just kind of like wakes up and is like, eh, 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 eh. she grunts more than she really like does anything else. So then Ange will just feed her and then they go back to sleep and I'm never like disturbed at all. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's working out well. Yeah, I so would not. Far. Also, I don't. We don't have another bedroom anymore. Well, we have another bedroom, but it's a baby's room, so there's no room for a bed. Oh, and that, if you heard it, is our cat, and our cats are getting so neglected. Totally, we don't pay them any attention anymore. It's hard. I feel bad, <clears throat> but it's just like I don't have time for you anymore. I like maybe we should be rehoming them. No. I do spend time to try and get Felix to come onto the couch and pet him, but he just drools so much that it gets all over me, and then I have to go and wash my hands within, like, five minutes of touching him because I don't want to touch raw cat food mouth on my baby. So it's like sometimes I just don't have the energy to be like, I'm going to pet you and go wash my hands and then pet you again. He's also terrified of the baby, so (laughs) anytime you're holding the baby, like, you try and get him close to you, and he just, like, she moves, like, one arm, and he's like, whoa, and, like, runs away. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Roxy is a little less scared, but it's just giving me a real stink eye right now. She just wants attention and is so demanding, and she always was like that. Even before we had a baby, she wanted more attention than any human could provide, unless they were, like, I don't know, bedridden. Um, so I just, yeah, she's, I think, taking it the hardest. Mm-hmm. But. But we are making, I do try to make, make an, an effort. effort, yeah. It's just different. Like, it's just, there's just not as much time. They just definitely, like, and, and because before we were so like, we want a baby. We're like, you know, our cats were kind of our children, and now they're not. Now they're pets. <laughs> and they're like, hey, what the fuck, man? This is not how it used to be. So, yeah. It's interesting. And we don't spend as much time, like, just on the couch when they would come and cuddle with us. Yeah, it's usually like, okay, you're walking around with the baby, and I'm, like, doing the dishes or making dinner because somebody has to do that, and then we trade off, and, like, or Angela's in the shower, and I'm, you know, like, it just, there isn't. There's no opportunity for cat cuddles. Yeah. Not as much anymore. And they're not allowed on the couches because then we'd have to, like, vacuum everything every day because of the baby. So Yeah. I do see them more as germ carriers. (laughs) You more than me, I think. You're a lot more like, ew. I'm suddenly like, they dig in their own shit, like, multiple times a day. Why am I letting it near my cat, my baby? (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) Just see how sad Roxy looks right now. Oh, kitten. You got so much attention for the first decade of your life. That now just enough. go away. Now just accept that you're less important. <laughs> We're so mean. So we prepared a little activity for ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're going to ask each other some questions. Okay, so you go first. So. These, what we're asking each other is like three to five. I wrote five. Um, five things <clears throat> that I want to know about Ange during the birth. I said during the birth or after. Okay. Well, I have that. So. Okay. Well, it's mostly you about should have paid attention anyway. to the instructions, Jackie. Um, I was busy putting our child to sleep, so suck it. Okay, so my first question is, were you scared when you started feeling pushy? Like, when you started feeling like, oh, I feel like I have to push. Did that scare you? Yes. Not, like, to the point where I was like, oh, my God, but just because it was so different and it was so intense that it was like, holy shit. It was just... A completely new foreign feeling. Did it hurt? Or was it just uh, like... It did because it was like a bearing down on all, on everything, on your hips, on your pelvis, on your mm-hmm. vagina. Mm-hmm. And it was not 
And it was also a little bit scary because it wasn't something that I had control over. I couldn't just be like, oh, I don't like that. I'm not going to do that. Just, yeah, no control whatsoever. So that was a little bit, a little bit alarming as well. Just being like, oh, okay, I'm not in control of this anymore. My body is like doing a whole new thing. And also just not knowing what, like how soon the baby was going to be born Mm -hmm. once that started. So that's why like right after I started pushing, I was like, where's the midwife? Because it's like, it feels like, you know, so powerful, like the baby's going to come. What do you think you would have felt if he, if somebody had said it's going to be four hours? I think I started would have, would have started to get really anxious. So my next question is, was I actually helping? And was what I was saying helping you focus and be present? And did you find that reassuring? I had this weird thing. You were helpful because it was helpful that everyone was just so calm and like, yeah, no, that's fine. Everything's okay. And no one was like, Oh my god, are you okay? Was no, that really painful? I'm talking painful? about everyone. I'm talking about me specifically. Well, I'm saying that for you. Like, you weren't saying, like, are you sure you're okay? Is it painful? Are you hurting? Uh, you were just sort of like this across-the-board feeling of, like, everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're doing a great job. But in my mind, I remember thinking, I want everyone to stop telling me I'm doing a good job. Because I... Really? Because I kind of felt like you didn't know what the fuck you were talking about. <laughs> because no one was in my body. And couldn't actually tell me if I was doing a good job because they didn't know. Like, I just had that going on in my head, but I couldn't obviously vocalize. I wasn't going to have that conversation, nor did I have the capacity. And it's not that it was, like, annoying me or anything. It was just, it was more like, I think it's, like, wrapped up kind of in, like, the self-doubt of, like, Mm. how the fuck can you say that? You don't know what I'm going through right now. You have Mm. no idea if I'm doing well or not. Are you inside my vagina? Are you the baby? Do you know how far I'm pushing her? All that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like... Just being like, you don't know what you're talking about. But at the same time, it still was helpful. I wouldn't have wanted you to stop. And what about when I was saying things like, just focus on this one. You've got this. Yeah. But also at the same time, during the contractions, I don't know if I was like hearing a lot. Mm. Especially once I was in the pool. Because you're so like inside yourself that you probably weren't really connecting the hand holding thing was very helpful I definitely needed something to like grab onto and squeeze and I'm glad it was you and dislocate and dislocate and what is one thing that you couldn't have done without at the birth probably the pool yeah yeah awesome so there was a big difference when you got in the pool like things felt different it was like made a big impact on you yeah yeah and there's something about like just having that space to myself and knowing that, like, that's where it was going to happen, um, that was, like, very reassuring and felt very much, like, mine and safe, mm-hmm. rather than being in this big open space of, like, the apartment and just wandering around or being confined to, like, a bed or a couch well, or something. you weren't wandering around. That's the thing. You sought out, like, a safe space, which was a door frame. Yeah. Which is funny. I really enjoyed that. Okay. Um, what was your very first thought when you saw Sterling? When you looked down and you were pulling her up. When I looked down and she was like between my legs and I saw her in the water, I was like, holy shit, there she is. And then I pulled her up. You were saying, I can't, I can't. I was saying I can't because I didn't know what she was asking me. I thought that. She was telling you to reach down and grab your baby. But she wasn't saying reach. She just said reach down in front of you. She didn't say reach down and grab the baby. She was just like, Angie, reach down in front of you. And so I didn't know because I didn't feel like she had come out. It's not like. Really? It's not, like, a feeling of, like, relief? No, not... I don't remember it being. I remember... And also, there were so many big 
contractions and big pushes that I kind of felt like, okay, there must be another one after that. Mm. Like, I thought that was just the end of that one. I didn't realize that that was the one that, like, got her out. Even though I told you, like, this is it, her head's out, this is the yeah, last one. Yeah, but I one. thought maybe it would take another, like, another two pushes or something. I don't know. Mm. Interesting. Um, okay. I think it happened really early in the contraction, whereas I thought it would happen later on. So that's why I was kind of surprised, like, oh, suddenly she's here. Mm. Um, I remember looking at her nose and being like, oh, she has a little, because she was so smunched up so, and so, so puffy. Swollen. She had this yeah. crease between her, across the top of her nose, between her eyes. And I remember noticing that first and being like, oh, that's cute. It this little, like, cute. nose crease. It was cute, but it's gone now. Yeah, and then I think... I was just thinking, like, holy shit, I did it. Holy shit, it's over. Oh, my God, oh, my God, it's over. I did it. Mm. I can't believe I did that. Like, I wasn't even necessarily just, like... It takes a minute, I think, for you to, like, kind of accept that it's over and then, like, switch to, oh, my God, I have a baby now. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I think that's what was happening, too, because in our, like, birth video, you can see that I'm like, holy shit, oh, my God, oh, my God, holy shit, and I'm looking around and my eyes are opening for the first time in, like, three hours. Mm -hmm. And it's not for, like, a minute or two that I'm finally like, oh, my God, I did it! And, like, my voice and everything's changed. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, that part of... It's like you're coming out of a cave. Like, you're coming out of, like, being inside of yourself. Yeah. And it was also, you know... It's like a transition in and of itself. It was, like, however long before she took her first breath, which wasn't alarming to me Mm-mm. because I could feel her kind of moving her body. It was actually 45 seconds, which... It didn't feel like that long at all. Yeah, according to our midwife. Um, our notes that we just got. Yeah. So I think it was just, like, getting her to breathe and then letting go of the fact that, like, okay, that stuff's all over. Now I can just sort of, like, look at my baby and take that in. So I think it definitely took a few minutes before I was able to just be like, okay, the baby, hi, hi, you're here. Everything's okay. But I do remember thinking, like, oh, I don't recognize you. Hmm. Because I didn't immediately see anything that I recognized. Not that I... I don't know. I guess you kind of expect to, but I kind of... Newborns look weird. Everyone says that, and nobody really understands it until you actually are looking at one, and you're like, what the fuck? Whose baby are you? Yeah, it was kind of like that. It was kind of a like, oh, you're like a completely new person. I don't... It's not like, oh, you're a little Angie, or you're little donor face. It's like, oh, hi, you're just this totally new little human. Yeah, she definitely has the donor's mouth. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So do you feel differently about the birth now at seven weeks than you did right away? Yeah, because right away I was like, I'm never fucking doing that again. And it's true that they say that that fades. Like, I know in my mind it was painful and really difficult and overwhelming and all that stuff. But the, like, very prominent knowledge and memory of exactly how it felt is, like, faded. Already? Yeah. Wow. And I feel less like I would never do that again. And I feel way more empowered and proud of how it went now. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm so happy that we are able to have a home birth. I'm, like, so fucking impressed that I did that. I can't believe... I mean, I can believe it. I always knew that you would be able to do it. I always thought that you would go through with, like, no drugs, doing the whole thing naturally. I'd hope- How did you know that? Because I didn't know I just- that. Because you have these horrendous periods every month. And I was like, there's no way that that wasn't for something. <laughs> like, that was for a good reason. That prepared you for this, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I was just worried about whether or not we would be able to do it at home because... Stuff comes up. Yeah, stuff yeah. happens. Yeah. No, I'm very proud and, like, empowered that I did that. I kind of feel like I'm part of a special club. You are. Yeah. You totally are. So, that's pretty cool. I mean, I'm not putting down anyone who has to use drugs. No, no, not at all. I mean, everybody's birth is different and everyone experiences it differently. And I'm grateful and unlucky and privileged that I was able to have it exactly pretty much how I wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, it's more about that. It's about getting to have the birth you wanted, not necessarily just having a natural birth. Like, that's not the focus. The focus is, like, do you get to have the kind of birth you always thought you would have? You always thought you'd like wanted yeah so but I did I honestly thought that we'd end up transferring or I wouldn't be able to handle it or whatever it would go on forever and then people would like you know you'd weaken in that resolve because you're tired or whatever yeah so very happy that it was the way it was and I think it's cool because our building is so old that I'm sure there's been like tons of babies that have been born in here Oh, yeah. A hundred years ago, all the babies were born at home. So Yeah, so it's not like a weird new thing. She's just part of like the history of this building, which I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. And she can like come and look at it when she's older and be like, I was born there. Mm-hmm. Which is, I don't know, less exciting than being like, I was born in this hospital. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. I think home birth is just really special. Not for everybody, but... It was it's really. A, it was a really amazing experience. Yeah, it was nice. I to, think it would have been so different. So I think no matter where your baby's born, it's special and it's a big deal. But I think if it's not like a very nurturing or like supportive environment, you just focus. You kind of gloss over the birth and focus right on like the baby. But we really got to like have this sort of. It's almost like ceremonial, like this ceremonial sort of rite of passagey kind of supportive very empowering experience to then have that and then get to have the baby it's like this huge special sort of memory that we have I think mm-hmm. it's really I keep saying this but it's the most amazing experience I've ever had and just being able to go and be in our bed like mm-hmm. that was honestly one of the number one things that, that made me want to a home birth was just like I don't want to be in a fucking hospital bed those things suck yeah and you would have been in the bed by yourself I couldn't have had I would have been like crunched up in a chair or something they would have been taking our baby away from us yeah one woman from our post what I was I always want to say postnatal is that a thing mm, not really well, and our postpartum thing. group said that she had her baby in the hospital and that one of the days she woke up and her baby was just gone no one told her no one even asked her consent. They just decided she needed to sleep and just took her baby in the middle of the night and fed her. Or yeah. fed him, sorry. And without her consent, which I was, like, horrified by. I was like, if that is so wrong. You don't take a baby away from a mother who just had that baby. Like, no, they can't handle it. The hormones alone will make them go nuts. Yeah, They need the baby to be close to them, and the baby needs to be close to the mom. Like, it just, ugh, awful. Yeah, so that kind of stuff is just like, fuck. And I know that doesn't happen to everybody, but... Mm-mm. I know when I was feeling super hormonal right after she was born, her being in the living room and me being in the bedroom, which is not that far, was really difficult. Well, I mean, it's pretty far. We have a big apartment. (laughs) But But I couldn't imagine waking up and being like, where the fuck is she? Mm -hmm. She's not with me. I think and that would be grounds for like having a full-on fucking hysterical, like, throw-down panic attack moment or like just tantrum or whatever. Yeah. So. 
Yeah. So just having the baby at home just gave us ultimate control over who who gets to be around her, mm-hmm. who gets to touch her, and decisions that we make. Do you have any more questions? No, that was fun. That was it? Yeah. Okay. My turn. Do you feel differently about the donor since she's been born? Yeah, I keep having these moments where I'm like, he doesn't even know how amazing she is. <laughs> like, he doesn't even know that this person is because of him as well. I just feel very, like, grateful towards him. Yeah, me too. Because he didn't give her any unattractive characteristics, that's for sure. <laughs> She's got the cutest little mouth, and it's totally his, and it doesn't bother me at all. Um, I think he, she has his under eye. But she looks so much like you, too, that it's like... She still feels like ours. I think I don't think before I really considered him a lot. I just didn't want people to talk about him like the father. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I just I do. I feel very grateful because we wouldn't have this amazing little person if it wasn't for him. Yeah, I feel the same way. Wow, thank you for just doing that. I know he got paid and whatever, but I don't know. It's just amazing. There are probably easier ways to make money. There are, and that is a very generous thing to do with your body and your DNA and your genetic and and your relationships because it might have an impact further down the road and I really wonder what what people like him think that will entail I I wonder if they hope like oh I hope they never contact me or if they're kind of like yeah when I'm like 40 that would be kind of interesting to have like an 18 year old person be like hey you donated sperm to my mom yeah and we filled out her uh her papers and sent them to the sperm bank and it was interesting because they sent back this thing and said like okay we've noted that you had a live birth and we're holding on to her information so the way that it works in terms of having an open donor is that she can contact the sperm bank when she's 18 and they will give him they will give her his information um he can't look seek her out and we can't seek him out it can only be her yeah so if we go to them when we're when she's 18 and we're like, we want to know, they'll be like, no, only she, which yeah. I think is good. Yeah, and like it's possible that she might never want to know and it's possible that she will want to know and I think it's really important that she has that choice. Yeah, but I do keep trying to look for the donor like attributes and I can only see the mouth. I don't really see anything else. I'm just telling you it's the under eye. It's not <laughs> your under eye. It's different. Mm. Um, okay, next question. What do you think is the biggest life change for us since she's been born? <laughs> the biggest? Yeah. We don't drink at all, ever. But that was, that sort of changed once I was pregnant. Yeah, but I still did. <laughs> now, for me, I'm like, what's the point? Like, it's not safe to sleep in bed with a baby when you're drunk, so there's that. So I'm like, I don't want to miss out on sleeping in my own bed um, and getting to sleep with you guys, because I find that really... Mm-hmm. lovely the thought of trying to help parent a child when I'm hungover sounds like the worst mm-hmm. I I don't feel that tired on a day-to-day basis because I'm getting a good sleep <laughs> because she also doesn't like it's not like she wakes up at six in the morning and is like wide awake she sleeps until like nine or ten so yeah. we sleep pretty late in the morning but still I don't know it just doesn't appeal to me anymore just like it's not like, like, there's been two occasions when I've had, like, a drink. And that felt so nice, but it wasn't, like, something I feel like I miss. But beyond that, it's also that we just are home all the time. Yeah. We're home all the time. And I like it, and I expected it to be this way. 
But when you actually go out, it's like, oh, we're going outside the house. Like, going to the grocery store is exciting because it's like an excursion. And then, well, I know you just asked for the biggest, but there's several. I cannot seem to get myself to exercise as much as I want to. So that's tough. Thankfully, I still work out at work. And that's like uninterrupted workout time. But here, I before the baby was born, I was working out almost every day. I was doing yoga or something every single day and I have not been since she was born it's really hard so Mm -hmm. that's tough that's and we're trying to go for more walks which is good but that's still not the same as like what I was doing before which was like pretty intense yoga so yeah I had this idea in my mind I was like I'm gonna start running again when she's six weeks old I think six weeks (laughs) is like a good recovery period and then six weeks came I was like I my pelvis still feels like I'm pregnant like it I, I can't really describe it. It's it just loose. feels it's it not, feels loose it and heavy. Like gone back into shape yet? It's yeah, I'm like I'm not going to start running on this. Like fuck that. We just need to be walking every day. That's like the goal right now is like walk every day. When I'm not home, you should be walking. Like if people come for a visit, you should be like, let's go for a walk. You hold my baby while I shower, and then we'll go for a walk. You know? Yeah, yeah. What did you not expect or was surprising about the birth? I thought I'd have time. Like, I really thought it would take longer. So I was really surprised at the fact that she was early. I was really surprised at the fact that I didn't feel prepared. But really just, like, not having any time to kind of let it soak in. It happened so fast. I think I brought... No, I didn't even have time to brush my teeth. It was so Mm -hmm. quick. So I I had really hoped for this, like, long kind of drawn-out thing. I foresaw having time to, like chat with our doula and talk with Sarah and talk to you and like have these like connection points that didn't happen because there was just too much going on it was too quick part two what did you not expect or surprising about Sterling I knew I would love her but I didn't think I would miss her and be as like obsessed with her like I'll sit there and just stare at her and be like wow like I wouldn't have pictured that being enough to entertain me you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. I could just be with her and that's all I need Mm mm-hmm And that surprised me a little bit. Because I thought, like, babies just sleep. That's boring. But it's not. It's, like, the best thing in the world. (laughs) To just stare at her or talk to her. Or, like, I love changing her diaper because she and I just, like, connect. And, I mean, like, last night she was having one of her fussiest nights. And I was walking her around and singing to her. And she was just staring into my eyes, like, full eye contact the whole time. And it was just, like, it was really powerful. It's a very, like intense connection it feels very very special Mm -hmm. yeah I think the thing that surprised me the most was the hormones afterward Mm -hmm. I know people talk about it but I never grasped how strong the like mother bear protective this is my baby get the fuck away get the fuck away or just like give her to me all of that stuff is so powerful it's crazy if she's not being held by someone that I fully trust, like 100%, then it's like I can't relax. I can't take my eyes off them. It causes, I have to like leave the room or like, like do something. I have like a reaction to just like be like, okay, no, you need to like leave the house now and like go do something else. Like it's crazy. And I hope that it like tame itself over time. It's mm-hmm. like the hormones regulate and stuff because it is kind of, it's annoying. I wish I could just, like, relax. Mm -hmm. It's definitely, like, a hormonal thing because my brain is telling me, like, um, it's fine. That person's not doing anything weird. 
they're just, you know, sitting there holding your baby and being nice. I wonder what would happen if, like, a stranger tried to do anything to her. Sometimes I think about that. Oh, my God. There was this video that I saw online of this woman. She's shopping, and her baby's a bit older, so maybe, like, close to one or, like, nine nine months to maybe one. And the baby's sitting at the front of the shopping cart Mm -hmm. where you sit babies. And this man just walks up and takes her out of the shopping cart. And he's not trying to, like, kidnap her. He's just... Oh, okay, that won't happen to you, honey. (laughs) he's not trying to kidnap her he's just like being way too crossing of boundaries and just being like oh hi baby i want to like play with you and you can see the mom i think she she wants to like just rip her out of his hands but she's also being really calm because she's like what the fuck is this guy gonna do so she's sort of like "Uh uh-huh and like slowly like takes the the baby back and he's like oh and like walks away and she's like what the fuck and like puts her back in the thing and just like leaves like can you imagine she should have called the police about that guy well, maybe she did, because that video is all over the internet. So that is really messed up. Yeah, you don't take or touch someone else's kid without permission. That's such a weird thing to do. Yeah. Um, also, in that instance, you don't want to freak your kid out either. Yeah, you don't want to be like, "What are you doing?" and like scream at the guy, and then he runs off with your baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is an important piece of advice that you have for people who are about to do this? Don't have expectations. I think that's. I think that like really sabotages people that they ex- they have like an idea of what it's going to be like or how they're what they're going to be able to do or what they're going to be able to comp- accomplish and it's a bad idea because you don't know how it's going to go. Every kid is different, every parent is different, every birth is different. You can't predict the circumstances and you like I would never have expected you to have hemorrhaged and have like such such real like f- medical problems afterwards and I could never have pictured or imagined how anxious I would have been about that because I was really 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 anxious like it it really triggered a lot of anxiety in me because you weren't okay and thankfully the baby was fine but like that was really stressful and if I had if we didn't had all the help that we had I don't know how we would have gotten through that I was really stretched thin and you were really weak and we were just getting by so I think having really specific expectations about what it's going to look like and what you're going to do and who's going to be there would be the worst thing and and to go with that is don't have any visitors right away that just yeah it is such a big thing for you to adjust to and having visitors not everybody's a good visitor a lot of people are terrible visitors they want to see the baby and they don't think about the fact that you're like insanely exhausted and very very emotional and very like even I was really hormonal and really tired and like I hadn't had a proper sleep I didn't recover from the sleep deprivation for probably a week so that first week I was a mess and so were you and then having people come over who weren't trying to help and were just wanting to see the baby was like really really hard and really taxing so if you can't avoid visitors for the first week at the very least... Pick them very carefully. Yeah, only let people come over who you you feel comfortable enough, A, to just be naked around, because that's how you will be. Yeah. B, that you can say, no, you can't hold the baby all day. I need you to go do my dishes and make me some food. Or people that you've co- you're comfortable enough saying, I'm done, I can't have this visit anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I had to tell people that I was definitely not comfortable with, like, we're done, bye-bye. And, like, had strategies worked out so I could be like, oh, can you walk into the room and say, oh, Angie, you look so tired, <laughs> so that the person that was visiting would get the hint, instead of having to be like, okay, bye-bye. 
Yeah. So those kind of things, uh, like really controlling your environment afterwards is super important because it is overwhelming becoming a parent and you really need to focus on that because the most important things right away are the bond between the mom and the baby and the bond and the family bonding time is super important and everybody just feeling like getting used to each other and getting into the like process of like breastfeeding and sleeping and how do we manage this and who does what and how do we feed ourselves and how can we like we're still struggling sometimes with like oh god it's been like six hours and we haven't fed ourselves and Angie's like a ready to pass out because somebody's sucking the lifeblood out of her every day you know like Mm -hmm. it's a big adjustment so really give yourself permission and space to just tell everyone else to fuck off if you have to because you know what their feelings are nothing compared to establishing a bond with your baby and like getting the hang of breastfeeding and trying to support each other through that and hopefully once they experience it themselves they'll understand a bit more why you had those boundaries but even some people that have experienced it are completely clueless when they come over as a visitor and you're like really yeah don't assume that you know how people will be because there were people I expected to be more helpful and they weren't. And there were people that I didn't think would be all that helpful and were. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. You just, like, it's you have to be really clear with your boundaries and really clear with your expectations of people. And, oh, my God, get someone to set up a meal train for you. <laughs> it is the fucking best. Because everyone wants to bring by food, but having everyone bring over food on, like, day one is not going to be helpful. So this way, it spaces out your visitors and it gives you food every day, <laughs> which was invaluable. That was... That was Probably super the helpful. Single most helpful thing from that, our friend Jen. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, awesome. I mean, we had friends come over and do laundry, and friends that came over and like just would just sit with us and or like hold the baby while we slept, or you know, talk Ange through breastfeeding tips. Which holy fuck, if you have access to that, do it. And like lactation consultants, like get help early and often when it comes to breastfeeding if you're having any struggles because it's not just going to get it, get better by itself. You have to be proactive about it. Yeah, expect that it's going to be hard for sure. Don't accept a less than a less than optimal latch. And get lanolin and put that on like from the start because your nipples are going to feel like someone took a cheese grater to them. So somebody told you before the baby was born that you should be roughing up your nipples like scrubbing them and stuff and you were like I'm not doing that do you regret that no I would rather be roughed up by the baby than by me Hmm. because she's going to be roughing it up in the way that she needs to what about perineal massage do you regret not doing that no I don't care I don't know (laughs) if it would have made a difference so yeah that's the thing like it it could have helped it could have made that it could have resulted in you not tearing but there's no way to know that so is there anything that you'd want to change yeah I would have kept people away for longer yeah except the ones bringing food (laughs) no I honestly would have been like okay no visitors like I just can't it was so overwhelming yeah it was too much well I definitely needed people but I needed people to come over who I could be naked in front of Mm -hmm. so I could like get up and waddle my way to the bathroom and like sit on the toilet and then come back and like air dry my vagina in front of you Without you getting, like, super weird about it. Because <laughs> literally having people, like, get, we would get to the end of days and be, just both be crying and be like, I feel like I haven't seen you all day. I feel like I haven't held my baby all day. I'm so tired. I'm hungry. Like, why did we let this happen? 
And that was really tough to have, like, the most amazing moments and the most difficult moments in the same day. You just, you feel like a fucking lunatic. It's because you start putting other people ahead of you. And you also get really excited because you're like, I do want everyone to meet the baby. But you know what? Them meeting her day one, two, three is not going to be that different from week two, three. Mm -hmm. You know? The only thing that will be different is that you'll be a little bit more established. And she's going to be a little bit more alert and fun for them to look at. Because as silly as it sounds entertaining is effortful you know like being around and chatting with people and being on it takes a lot of energy out of you and when you've just pushed a baby out of you like you need all of that energy Mm -hmm. you don't have it to spare and people don't really get that and we did make a list ahead of time but I think that kind of went by the wayside Mm -hmm. like so many other things happened that it was just sort of like fuck whatever yeah it is what it is and now Oh, and my advice is people before floors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got so, like, I mean, I'm, I'm a neat freak in general. So when people were coming, especially when people come over, I'm, like, very particular about a ho- how I want my house to be when people are coming. And that became a really big priority for me because there were people coming every day. Sometimes we had two batches of visitors in one day. So I was cleaning and cleaning and cleaning instead of feeding myself, instead of, like, sleeping, instead of showering. So... That became our so, mantra. Yeah. And then we also had a mantra of, like, if it doesn't nourish the baby, if it doesn't nourish the wife, and if it doesn't nourish the birthing mother, then it's not something we're going to do. Yeah. So eventually, when we put that into place, so many things changed. Mm-hmm. We are like, um, that's not going to make you feel good. And we'd remind each other, too. Mm-hmm. But like, that doesn't nourish you. Oh, yeah, okay. You Even just, like, just conversations that we were having. Yeah. Be like, stop talking about that because it's not making you feel good. Oh, yeah, okay. And anytime you're feeling upset or overwhelmed, just look at your baby. Just hold them and look at them and remember that they're they're what it's all about. And it will get easier. Yeah. Yeah. That's... It's better it's better now. Like I can go to work and it doesn't feel like I'm gonna die. I still miss them and I still FaceTime on my breaks and I still expect Ange to send me updates by email and pictures so I know what everyone's doing and how everyone is. But Mm-hmm. It's still really hard because I, I mean, I really do like my job and I do feel very kind of invested and proud of my job, but now I feel very disconnected from it. Like I go to work and I'm like, oh, am I done yet? Am I done yet? Am I done yet? I'm sure that'll change too, but yeah. And it's good. I mean, it's good. It's good to go to work and like, obviously someone has to go. (laughs) Someone has to do it. I'm also surprised that she doesn't have my ears. She doesn't. I thought that those... Those genes so are powerful. Got the donor's ears. Yeah. Well, I mean, it also could be like ears from other people in your family, I guess. Yeah. But we should thank him for that. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Angie's ears as a kid were fucking adorable. They stuck out, and I thought they were cute. I was like almost they excited were a bit about much. having a baby with the ears that stuck out. They were a bit much. But sterlings don't stick out. They're just no. cute. Just like her. All right. Well, our next update might be. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows, but... We're trying. We haven't forgotten about you. You know, we'll probably just record on the plane. <laughs> oh, God, if you want to hear me having an anxiety attack. Yeah, at this point, we're still... Which might not be that different from how I gave birth. <laughs> um, should we say that at this point, we're still expecting to go? Well, as long as there's nothing wrong, I guess. We... And just having a really hard time managing her anxiety around the trip. 
Yeah. And then the weight gain issues with Sterling have kind of thrown a wrench into things. Yeah, because we have to see a pediatrician and, like, I, I don't think she's in, like, trouble trouble, but it's, like, it's if she's going in a bad direction, we need to know that she's going to be okay before leaving for almost a month. So. Yeah. That's a challenging thing because, obviously, as important as this trip is and as and as much as we want to go, she's the most important thing and if she's not healthy and okay then nothing else really matters yeah so so we're doing our best to try and rectify the situation yeah hopefully everything works out the way we need it to so that we can go and meet uncle matt and auntie nay because they want to meet you so badly Speaking of which, it's been a while since she has since she ate, so mm-hmm. we should try and wake her up. And we should. I can't believe we've managed to do this recording because every time we think about it, it's like, uh, I don't know. Will she like sleep long enough? Will we, how how do we do this? Yeah. So okay. Yeah, if you are in the Van like Lower Mainland area and you want an awesome birth photographer, oh God, yes, Kendall Blacker Birth Photography Services. She took all our birth photos and they're amazing. I think I posted on our Facebook a HuffPost article where one of our birth photos was featured. And she didn't, I thought awesome. like she was sought out for that. Like she is so talented having, it seems, I think for a lot of people, a birth photography seems weird, but it's not, you want to remember that stuff. And it's so hard to remember what happened because you're so in it. It, it is amazing. And also doula, 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 doula. Oh my God, have a doula. So many people have She is me. also a doula. She so. is also a doula. And if you're in this area, you would be lucky to have somebody as attentive and passionate and informed and competent and nurturing and strong attend your birth because she she was everything. She was so, so amazing and so helpful. Mm-hmm. And she asked me ahead of time if I wanted like full vagina photos. So she's willing to not take them if that's your, if you don't want that either. But I like to have them for myself. I'm not going to like show them to every single person I meet, but it is really cool to have those photos and to like, you know, see her head out and to see her like coming out. And mm-hmm. even though we have a video, it's not like that close up. And mm-hmm. I don't know, it's just a, it's a cool experience that you can document. And then if you're like, Ooh, I don't like that. You don't ever have to look at them or you can delete them or whatever. No. And honestly, Kendall's like very amenable to whatever your needs are. She will meet you where you're at. And I, I just can't say enough good things about her. She is so, so good at this. And, and if you're worried about looking weird during the birth or whatever, it, you don't like looking back, I'm not looking back at the pictures and thinking like, Oh my God, I have a double chin or I'm like making a grimace face. You're remembering how sort of powerful and important that was. And it's, Mm really empowering to like look back at those pictures and be like yeah because it was fucking difficult and you know it was painful and it's nice to see my wife like you know looking at me attentively and my friend helping things that I couldn't see because my eyes were closed for like four hours (laughs) it's also important that people realize that like birth is so varied and there's so many different experiences of it but it's not just how you see it on tv which is just a woman being yelled at to push and screaming and like bloody murder there's so much more to it than that mm-hmm. well we better go yeah so She's starting her grunt her series of grunts to wake up <laughs> and rubbing her sterling face. say hi say hi to all our fans they've been waiting to meet you too 
There you go. Okay. We'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye. Let's just not do the podcast at all. <laughs> the Baby Mama's Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Baby Mama's Podcast. Make sure to like them on Facebook and give them a great review on iTunes. Have a good day. Thank <laughs> you.